This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Horsin' Around. Saddle up and get ready to have a darn tootin', gallopin' good time as we trot out the show that's your ultimate horse source, of course. Find out how to use good old horse sense when it comes to breeding, feeding, training, and explaining. From practical tips on caring for your horse's health to advice on how to buy horse supplies, including bridles, halters, saddles, and more. So get ready to start horsing around with your host, horse expert and award-winning rider, Audrey Pavia. Howdy, Audrey. Welcome to Horsing Around on Pet Life Radio. Thanks for joining us. This week, we're going to talk about how to be a horse owner and be kind to the environment while saving money all at the same time. Those are two very timely issues these days. Our guest this week is Lucinda Dyer, author of Eco Horsekeeping, Over 100 Budget-Friendly Ways You and Your Horse Can Save the Planet. Lucinda is going to give us tips on going green with horses. So we'll talk to Lucinda right after these messages. Why the long face? I reckon Horsing Around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsors. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and today we are talking to Lucinda Dyer, author of Eco Horsekeeping, Over 100 Budget-Friendly Ways You and Your Horse Can Save the Planet. Lucinda, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Sure, happy to have you. Let's talk about the title of your book first, mm-hmm. Over 100 Budget-Friendly Ways You and Your Horse Can Save the Planet. Do horses have that much opportunity to make an impact on the environment? Surprisingly so. When we first started uh, putting the book together, being budget-friendly hadn't really occurred to us. But the more we researched and the more we interviewed people, we realized that that was a, an unexpected and quite sizable bonus when it comes to echo keeping. People aren't motivated to protect the environment. They're probably motivated to protect their pocketbook, if nothing else. Absolutely. Holy both in these day and age. So um, tell me how, first of all, we as horse owners can, do make an impact on the environment. What is it that we do that we kind of take for granted that can be harmful? Well, I think water issues are one of the primary ones. I think you don't, you know, when you think how nice to, you know, take a hack and have my horse stand in the stream and poop in the stream and you know your horses often have paddocks that are up against a pond a lake a stream and you don't really think of the impact the runoff is having and Mm -hmm. what you're putting on that you putting fertilizer on are you putting any sort of pesticides on i think sometimes we we believe that because we're out in the country and it's nature we're doing everything naturally and that's just not right right and then as far as being in the barn 
uh, what are yeah. some of the things that we do that cause a problem? Well, I think that one of the things, another of those things that I was just sort of oblivious to is little things like where do you store, you know, if you've got fly spray or pesticides, medications, you know, don't put them in the feed room. You know, store them separately. Make sure that they are all used by their, you know, by their expiration date. Don't keep things past that. And don't throw, you know, a quarter empty container of fly spray in the trash. It is hazardous waste. And all of that stuff needs to be disposed of properly. And most cities or counties will have a hazardous waste pickup day or someplace you can take that. So set it aside and dispose of it properly. So let's go over a few of the ways horse owners can go green, like what we can do, like say, you know, from the minute we walk out the door to to go take care of our horse, ride our horse, to when we're done putting them away. If maybe you could run through sort of scenario for us. Well, one of the things, just as a rider, one of the things you can do is just not buy everything brand new. And I mm-hmm. ran into a number of people that have, have had wonderful experiences with with swap meets, they will get together with a bunch of their friends. They'll bring tack, you know, saddle pads, breeches that don't fit any longer, things that are, are useful but just not to you, and you swap them. And nobody gets upset because they bought $100 worth of stuff and they only left with $12 worth. But it's a great, great way to get things recycled that, you know, pale pink, you know, breeches that seemed like a good idea at the time. Right. Um, so that's one way when you when you walk in everything doesn't have to be new. You can go on Chronicle of the Horse, they have a giveaway section. They also have uh tack classifieds, eBay, Craigslist, you know, you can everything does not have to be new. The horse does not know that that blanket once was on a gelding two counties over. Right. <laughs> He's just thrilled to have it. Yeah. So, so how does how does this help the environment? It reduces landfill, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. I think the old mantra, reduce, reuse, and recycle, Mm -hmm. um, can certainly be something that all riders can do. You know, reducing with things like, you know, simple things like don't take every horse catalog in the world. You know, it's just, you know, trees don't need to die for catalogs of horse jewelry. Simple things like, you know, smart packs, which is turns out to be one of the most environmentally friendly things you can do. Um, instead of everybody buying their big buckets. Right. Explain to folks who may not know what Smart Pack is. Smart Pack, one of the great inventions of the 20th century, I think, if you're a horse person. Instead of everybody buying, you know, big buckets of supplements, Smart Pack allows you to choose exactly which supplements your horse needs. And they come in little, how would you describe it, little little strips um, with little wells that say one well would have your um, you know, a vitamin one would have, you know, whatever supplement you're using. And they come in these little daily strips. So whoever is feeding in the barn that day, instead of saying, does that horse get two scoops or one, you know? Everything, you just rip the top off, everybody's supplements are ready to go. Mm-hmm. So that's one way, instead of buying, you know, having everybody's just stacked everywhere. And it's also, you know, they mail to the barn. So if eight people at the barn all get smart packs, that means eight people are not getting in eight cars making eight trips to the feed store. Right. You know, so you're out of your car in your, you know, gently used clothing with your gently used saddle pad uh, walking into the barn. One issue is a lot of 
you know, with a lot of the products we use on horses, we just don't read the labels other than, you know, fly spray, conditioner, shampoo. But you have to be very aware of what's in it because when you're in that wash stall, you know, and it's certain, although those suds are circling the drain, it's, you know, it's going into the water supply where you live. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to look at what's in there. And there's so many natural products out there nowadays. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't have to. I mean, I will admit, I used to wash reason with ivory liquid. What can I say? You know? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it's just, it was cheap. I bought it at Dollar General. You know, it got it clean. Right. Um, but you have to be cognizant of what's circling the drain. Are they making um, natural shampoos for horses these they days? They are. Lots of people are. Epona okay. is one of them that is. And it's just, you know, the old joke about it, if you can't pronounce it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, probably not good for you. <laughs> it's probably not good for you. And, yeah, there are a lot of companies out there now that are really doing things that are biodegradable. Like the number one, if everybody doesn't know it by now, no plastic water bottles. Do not bring bottled water to the barn. You know, have a refillable bottle. And you can buy them everywhere nowadays. No more plastic water bottles. So it's also not good for you as the person drinking it. Oh, please. And I was one of those people that used to refill the plastic water bottles. Yeah, me too. So good. Oh, geez. Me too. What did we and, ingest? Right. Every time you do that, a little more of the plastic breaks down and goes inside oh, yeah. your body. Yep. And in a nice warm, you know, in the barn in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, not um, good for you. A couple of things I found really interesting that people are doing these days. If you have an old, like, polar fleece, we all do, polar fleece jacket or something like that that's just seen its day. Any Patagonia store will take back that fleece and recycle it so it can have a new life. Resole your boots. Ariat now has a partnership with a company. They will resole Ariat boots. You can donate your clothes to, you know, the things you, you know, maybe don't fit in anymore, in my case. <laughs> a local 4-H, the local pony club, the local handicap riding program. You know, you need to... Whatever gear you have on, you need to think, can that have a use after I am no longer in need of it? Mm-hmm. And dry cleaning. That dry cleaning smell on your show coat, mm. that's a chemical called perk. And the EPA has labeled perk like toxic, really not good for people. So you need to find, and there are, even in the small town where I live, dry cleaners that use a perk alternative. Okay. But my number one, and this is not exactly on point, horsey, sunscreen. I thought, you know, I bought the best-selling, you know, dermatologist recommended sunscreen. I had no idea. Nobody really tested this stuff independently to see if it works. And how, you know, how much of our lives as horse people do you spend out in the sun? Yeah. The Environmental Working Group tested something like 900 sunscreens. They've done it for the last couple of years. And there's a website called Cosmetics database.com okay and they rate sunscreens not only by do they have ingredients in it you really don't want on your face to do they work do they (laughs) degrade quickly in the sun and i found out what i was you know wearing was you know it was a pointless waste of money so i think sunscreen we all want one that works and won't the environmental working group uh has a their website also has you know cosmetics mascaras, shampoos, all of that. If you're really um, obsessive, compulsive like I am, you can pile your um, 
equine, you know, beauty products by your computer and uh-huh. go in and research the ingredients. <laughs> right. Which is, yeah, maybe yeah. a little over the top. Um, well, no, I might do that too. <laughs> I want my horse to be uh, getting the healthy stuff too, you know. And look how often we bathe them, and particularly if you have a gray horse like I did, mm-hmm. constantly covered in shampoo. So those are just some of my basic rider tips. Really, buy gently used if you can. Find another life for everything you own because there's somebody out there that can put that old show jacket or those breeches to good use. Resole your boots and recycle your polar fleece. And if you, you know, in this day and age, if you know, if you're lucky enough to have some expendable income, um, Ariat and Carrots both have a line of organic cotton clothing. Okay. Very chic and trendy. So once we get to the barn, what can we do there? Let's talk about pests. Okay. I think that we are getting into fly and insect season, aren't we? Have you ever used fly predators? Absolutely. That's I do use them at my house, yeah. Love them. I think everybody, it's such an easy way, you know, sort of a basic, low-hanging fruit way to control flies in your barn. A couple of the other things I found out for insects, well, bats. If you don't have a bat house, you need to because bats are your best friend. And tell us one, why that is. One little bat can eat about a thousand mosquito-like insects in an evening. They are terrific. And there's um, an organization called Bat Conservation International. They're based in Austin, Texas. They have a fabulous website. They will even take calls from people. They have um, directions for making your own bat house, you know, how to maintain it, where to place it. Anything you ever wanted to know about bats is on that site. Okay, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about how to control pests in the barn while going green and specifically I want to get into fly sprays because that's something that we all deal with and we'll be right back why the long face I reckon horsing around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsors Molly here's your dinner Zeus that's not your food Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and today we are talking to author Lucinda Dyer, who wrote Eco Horsekeeping, Over 100 Budget-Friendly Ways You and Your Horse Can Save the Planet. Lucinda, we're talking about pests and controlling pests in a way that's kind to the environment. We all use fly spray quite a bit, and and I don't know if 
you see this as well, but I have tried to use some of the natural fly sprays. Some are yeah. better than others, but they don't seem to work as well as the really nasty, horrible chemicals. Is there, um, is there something we can do to work around that? That seems to be one of those things that, like DDT worked really well too. It's hazardous chemicals often do the best job. But I think, I mean, when you think about it, how long does fly spray really last anyway? That's true. I mean, even even the nasty stuff, after even half an hour, the flies stuff. are back. <laughs> the flies are back pretty much immediately. And I think that it's one of those things that, that was one of the first green things I did, even when I did nothing else, is I usually made up my own fly spray. One, it's so cheap because fly spray is expensive. When you add up what you spend on fly spray over a season, what seems to be, if you're just sort of, you know, obsessive, compulsive, you know, about picking out stalls during the day and, you know, just being uber clean, um, that does help with flies, you know, much as we all don't like to admit that. But yeah, that's one of those things where I would say it may not work as well as the toxic stuff, but fly spray is just... Anything you have to dispose of at hazardous waste day, I really don't want on me or my horse. Yeah. And when you put it on your horse, that fly spray, you know, you inhale a whole bunch of it yourself. Absolutely. And they reach their heads on their legs. There's a puddle, you know, the barn dog cat comes along and has a, has a lap. Yeah. You know, it's, um, you know, it's something we all take for granted and we just should stop and... Yeah. I have a, a friend, I don't know if you've ever heard anything about this, but uh, she uses natural fly spray and she said that she kind of enhances its value by going to the health food store and buying um, an essential oil mm-hmm. like lavender or uh, mm-hmm. another one that's known for repelling insects. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a few different ones, but I know lavender is one. And we'll put a few drops of that in with the natural fly spray and she said that helps it because the one of the reasons I think some of the the harsher chemical fly sprays work so well is because they're oil based and the oil makes it last longer on the horse so by adding an essential oil which is um, just a few drops which yeah. is an oil as well that can kind of give that quality to the natural horse spray yeah we have uh, two recipes in the book for natural and they both have essential oils in them. Oh, okay. The from the nice people at Dressage Today mm-hmm. actually has lavender in it. Okay, that's great. I hadn't noticed that when I read through the book, but that's good to know. So we can, if we get the book, we can go in there and get some recipes for making our own fly spray. I'm definitely going to check that out. There are birds, the Audubon Society, and I had a lovely chat about birds and flies, mm-hmm. and barn swallows, which... Some people look at it as just incredibly annoying and want them to go away. Yeah. One barn swallow, the Audubon Society said, can eat 850 flies, grasshoppers, dragonflies, or beetles in a day. Wow. So what can you do to attract barn swallows? Do we have to do anything? Don't they just come with the barn? <laughs> well, I live in Southern California, and I, ah. think, you, I think you know yeah. a little bit about it's like keeping horses out here and a lot of us don't have barns we have um, stalls and you know just pipe corrals and stuff like that so for those of us who don't necessarily have a barn I wonder if there's anything we can do to encourage if not barn swallows other types of birds that are insect eaters you know you should the Audubon Society your local Audubon Society or Mm -hmm. bird people are passionate birders they love Mm -hmm. their information if you ask around in your local community, somebody will know someone who belongs to the Audubon Society or is a, as they call themselves, a birder, who would be right. happy to share information with you. 
Well, on the subject of birds, um, what do you think about using chickens for fly control? I think if you live in an area where the coyotes don't have them for lunch, it's a good idea. (laughs) Well, I have a small flock in the uh, suburban uh, equine community where I live, and um, they're always in the stall scratching around, picking up, you know, fly, probably maggots, I'm guessing. Kind of gross to think about it, but... yeah. So I think that actually our flies seem to be a little less this year. For sure, we've had chickens. So between that and the just, fly predators. Yeah, we all just reach for a, a jar or a can or a spray something. And you don't realize that nature has provided, you know, natural predators for everything. No, guinea hens, I think, are a classic. Guinea hens and chickens. Mm-hmm. They love ticks, too. Guinea yeah, that's great ticks. if you have barn barn dog or a you know barn cat. Yeah. They'll eat the ticks, and then your dog and cat won't have them on them. Yeah. I was really, the birds and the bats were some of the most surprising bits of information because I had not realized how extraordinarily effective um, they can be. Mm-hmm. Once I kind of shudder at sometimes when I hear about the system where your horse gets squirted with fly oh. spray every 20 minutes or whatever. For just a few months, it was awful. Yeah. I mean, every time I walked in, I'd get a blast. Right. And it went down I know. on their hay and... Oh. Yeah, and everything. Yeah, and unfortunately, it is a pretty effective way to keep the flies down, but you're just basically coating yourself and your horse with insecticide on a constant yeah. basis. cannot I be mean, healthy. How about good barn management, you know, not letting the manure pile up. Yeah. I think those are just... Yeah, those are all I things mean, that we just people just kind of do and don't think about, but um, we, we really need to be easy. more aware. That's a nice thing about being environmentally friendly. I mean, you know, birds and bats don't cost you anything. So basically, it's less expensive to go green, which is really, you know, another motivation to try to protect the environment and be good to your horse and your own body while you're doing this. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Lucinda, I want to thank you for being my guest this week. You are more than welcome, Audrey. It was a pleasure. Well, it was great having you, and I want to encourage everyone to check out Lucinda's book. It's called Eco Horsekeeping, Over 100 Budget-Friendly Ways You and Your Horse Can Save the Planet. So if you have any questions or comments about horsing around, please email me at audrey at petliferadio.com. Until next time, happy trails. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio. Horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time. Every week on Horsin' Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.